Hey, everybody. You're listening hey. to the Open Rope oh. podcast. Oh, <laughs> hey, Jer. Hey, Calvin, how are you? Good, man. I think Good. you might have clipped a little bit there, but hopefully you won't be yelling too much uh, more. Pretty much clip every intro. <laughs> it's pretty typical. We know this. Get so excited. Uh, this is the Open Road Podcast. If you're listening for the first time, uh, thanks for tuning in. This podcast, uh, by the end of it, if we've done our job, will have mm-hmm. helped you find a little bit more adventure in the everyday, or at least inspired you to try something new that will bring a little bit more excitement, energy, and life and adventure to what you're already doing. Not too much. We don't want you to go crazy. Yeah, no. We Just <laughs> something reasonable. Something reasonable. Something attainable. And within reach. And as we talk with our guest today, something that maybe if you build over time, it gets just mm. more and more exciting as you go along. You know what I'm saying, Calf? Excellent choice of words, Jerome. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Today we have an exciting guest, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff. Uh, it's a really popular YouTube channel is on the show. And and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But, but Calf, I, I need a very brief update on fatherhood sure buddy uh you've had a, need? Uh, you've had a son for like two weeks now two weeks yep two weeks and one day and you're saying he's been pretty good kid pretty great yeah pretty quiet pretty chill has he vomited yet um well no but like there's like a spit up that happens sometimes yeah maybe like once every two days or something like that there's a little bit of spit up it's very minimal yeah has sometimes he like just kind of oozes from the beak right when you're changing his diaper has he like started urinating on you or anything like that no, I've never experienced that yet. No, are you looking forward to it? Or are you are you excited for that? I've been told about it, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Um, yeah, I'm definitely on guard for it. Yes. Um, so that's what? just something always in the back of my mind. Like on guard um, is in like wearing safety goggles. Like I have like a you know a rubber shield in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, lots of lots of change around our household. Lots of new experiences. I mean, I've never really manhandled another dude's junk, right? Like this, right? In this, so, in this kind of way, in this kind of way. So, I mean, lots of new things happening. Yeah, because you're responsible for all cleanup. All cleanup, yeah. I mean, he makes a, not too bad of a mess, really. And the more important part of this equation, uh, Calv, is how is your new podcasting office nook coming along? Um. Well, there is um, podcast nook. 2.0, which is a kind of a mid phase that I have created. Yeah. Uh, which is downstairs in the main part of the basement area, which I have recently renoed. Yeah. Um, but I do have a final plan for the podcast nook. Mm. It's just that a few other things need to happen before that can be um, fully installed and, yeah, made usable. Right. But you're looking at it as a project that needs to still happen. For sure. Just have a few other projects that are a priority yep. to go before that. And so in the meantime, I have a uh, makeshift podcast studio, which is working. Not great, but it's working. Some of the stuff that Bob's doing can probably uh, inspire you a little bit. Yeah, Bob has just created such an amazing space. Yes. And we chat a bit about this, but like he's dealing with not a massive space, but he's maximized every wall, corner, floor space, ceiling space into just a very efficient um, little shop. And yes. Yeah, it's great. He's very inspiring. Yes. Um. So, and, and, and yeah, so Bob has a great YouTube channel. And I, before this interview, did not watch any of his videos. And that was a huge For mistake. For shame. That was a huge mistake. So if you're at a place where you can quickly pause and go to I Like to Make Stuff, just type that into YouTube. Catch a quick video that'll give you some context for what you're about to uh, what you're about to hear about 
Um, but I, I think that's probably enough. I, that I, that was a regret that I, think I that's had. Enough. That's yeah, that's and, a regret and, I had. And so you've go since do it. Uh, you, you've since you know seen a couple of videos and you're feeling a bit jazzed. You're you're happy you did it. Come on, I am jazzed. I am inspired, and I am excited to bring mm. everybody this conversation with Bob. All right, let's talk to him. Welcome to I Like to Make Stuff. I'm Bob, and I like to make all sorts of stuff. I'm not an expert in anything that I do, but that's kind of the point. In fact, a lot of times I'll do things for the first time on camera, so you get to see my mistakes and hopefully how to fix them. In my projects, I show you every step, and that's because I want to demystify the process. I want to show you that it's not that hard, and I want to inspire you to make the stuff that you want to have. I've got playlists of all different types of projects and a show called Maker 101. It helps you get started by showing you the fundamental tools and the basic skills that you need to make stuff. No matter what your skills are, no matter where you're starting, everybody can be a maker, including you. So check out the projects and be sure to subscribe so you never miss any of the new videos. Okay, here with Bob Claggett on the Open Road Podcast. Um, I've been a, a big fan. This is one that I'm really excited about because I've been watching Bob's videos for probably like a year or so now. But uh, yeah, Bob, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I wasn't aware if you yeah. guys had actually seen all the videos. Or <laughs> like, I had no idea. So that's. I mean, I definitely haven't seen them all, but I've seen quite a few. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you were uh, like I, I was uh, really excited to get you on the show. And just because of um, I, I guess, Bob, before we get into it too much, can you just give like a quick little. Um, explanation of, of what you do and and uh, yeah let's just do that yeah sure so um, I'm a full-time content creator and so I make videos and podcasts and blog posts and I just create content and that's the uh, the vehicle and the subject is just making stuff so I make all sorts of different stuff whatever I am interested in day to day and so it bounces around mm -hmm. from thing to thing all the time and nice. uh, I honestly have the coolest job in the world pretty sure yeah you really do it's it, it's hard just to let that one go so so easily but yeah we'll we'll get into that a bit later yeah so how did you like what were you doing before that there's a lot of people who you know are doing something and then kind of make a drastic shift and i don't know if that was your story but what were you doing before and how did you make the move i imagine there were a series of steps to be be doing this full time yeah, for sure. So I, I did software development for about 15 years. Uh, came out of school and started a web development company with a friend, and we did that for a while, and we sold it to another agency and did that for a while, and then I left and worked for Dell for a while. And um, in the last little stretch of, of that the last job, I just got really itchy, and I was just like, you know, just tired of being mm. behind a computer all the time. So I, I got yeah. back to making things, right. you know, since I hadn't really made a lot of stuff since I was younger. Started making stuff just to just to use my hands again and um it just kind of snowballed and so like the last i don't know three years has been me falling down a hill just trying to figure out <laughs> like how to make this thing work right and, right yeah got and, and when did the video aspect come in like when did you think that you should maybe be recording this and 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 uploading it well it started out that i was just going to make a blog and just take pictures and do really detailed you know, kind of photo essays about what are the things I was making. I was going to give these really detailed instructions. Right. And I did a few of those, and it was super tedious. It was just, you know, like okay. having to edit the photos together. And I was like, I, I didn't get the photo of that one thing that I really wanted to show, you know. Right. And so through doing that and get frustrating with it uh, a few times, I was like, I know how to shoot video. I know how to edit video. Why am I not doing video? So I kind of gave that a mm -hmm. shot, and then it just clicked right away, and and that's it's been I've been doing that ever since, and it gets more and more natural the more I do it. 
That's awesome. And so you're a few years in, um, and how many videos average just for our listeners like are oh, uploaded and, and that are, uh, like is it in the hundreds? Yeah, I, I think the total is about, mm, it's over 150. I know that. I'm not exactly sure what the number hmm. is. But typically for the last year or so, typically I do one video a week. On occasion, I'll do two. Okay. Um, but that's kind of been the pace that, when, especially when I hit full time, when I decided to go full time, the pace was once sure. a week. So. And and what would some examples of things be that you're that you're making? You say stuff. So is there categories <laughs> you follow, or like even just a couple examples? I know it's it's general for a purpose, but what are some things that you like to make? It's it's. People ask me that a lot, and it's really hard to pick some because if I pick a couple, I'm not really doing justice to how broad the category actually is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, because Jeremy asked me earlier, um, is, so is this guy a woodworker? And I was like, well, yeah, like he does wood, <laughs> yeah. but he's like also has a welder and does all kinds of stuff. 3D so, printing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You're hard to put in a box for sure. I do my best to make that difficult. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. some of the bigger I'm ones I'm not trying done, to do that, Bob. I'm no, not no, trying no, to put no. you in a box, man. <laughs> I understand. Totally understand. Um, so I've made like secret doors. So you have a bookcase and you, you know, you pull back a book and it opens the bookcase slides out and there's a room behind it. I've done that. I've made awesome full size really cool. arcade machines. Um, I've made props and costume pieces. Um, I've made a pudding gun and shot my kids in the face with pudding. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, just uh, all sorts of stuff. What, man. Uh, what happens to all this stuff? Because like, a few <laughs> of your projects are very practical, like in your house, you could put it somewhere, like it's a piece of furniture. But then there's things like the pudding gun. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you? What have you done with all this? Well, a lot of it is here behind me in my office. It's just like on shelves. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's actually becoming more and more of an issue because it started out, you know, I was originally making things that I needed. And that was the goal was like looking around the house, finding a need, finding something that, that could be improved or something that I didn't have that I wanted. I'll make that thing. Cause I think that's, I think that's a good way to live. I think, you know, rather than just like, right. Not sure. fixing stuff, fix it rather than not having make it. Um, so that was the goal originally, but eventually you run out of places to put tables and you run out of, you know, like I don't need any more hanging shelves and I don't need any more of this and that. And so right, right. through that process, the projects have become a little less practical and a little more fun, which is right. good. You know, that's good in the long term. Um, but it's also yeah. getting just harder and harder to find places to put this stuff. And <laughs> so I often give a lot of things away to people I know, or I'll ask around on occasion to friends, like, do you need any furniture for your house? You know, can I just make you something? You pay for the materials and I'll just make it because I get a video out of it. Right. And it right. gets them something yeah, yeah. unique and, you know, something they don't have to do. So I've started doing yeah, some of that. Yeah, that's a great way of doing it. Yeah, and that works yeah, out like, pretty well. Like, clearly you're doing a ton of different stuff with monetizing all of these different things, monetizing videos. And I saw even on your website you can buy drawings and whatnot for those things. So did you ever consider either doing giveaways to grow an email list with things or other stuff like that? Like, like you have all these really cool things that clearly you're following thinks they're neat and they're they're pretty cool yeah i mean i've i've never done a lot of giveaways i i'm not sure why exactly <laughs> i have some like strange aversion to actually i'm going to be doing one soon <laughs> i can't say that i don't ever do them um but uh yeah i mean typically i think there's still something in my core that wants to make things or wants to create stuff that's really purpose-made and so yeah. Like, mm. making a thing just for the sake of giving it away to a random person feels less purposeful. You know, I would much rather 
spend my that same effort on like going to someone who I know, like a friend of mine, she's buying a new house and she needs a place to put her TV. And I would much rather make that piece of furniture specifically for her to fit in her house than just like right, make sure. something and give it away to some random person I'll never meet, you know. Well, Bob, yeah. uh, Calvin just uh, had his first child, and it's sleeping on the floor right now. So if you could make some sort of crib or something for it, it's been <laughs> a nightmare over there. <laughs> Possibly be robotic. Okay, yeah. We'll make it a huge that. challenge for you. Yeah, yeah a, robotic cr- a robotic cradle or something would be really cool. Yep. Um, I wanted to back up with you a little bit, Bob. Just kind of um, maybe you could talk to a little bit about your process of that transition into doing this full time. And we, I, I kind of imagine there's, there had to be a bit of a, um, like a flip switched in your brain of maybe some sort of life philosophy change. And, and like, that's a big decision and that's a lot of risk and that's scary. Like you have a family and yeah, just, can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a, definitely a process. I, w- I would love to say that it was just like a, one day I woke up and knew I had to do this thing. Um, yeah, I think that that happens to people, but I'm, personally just a, someone who is far more calculated about things you know and I wouldn't I wouldn't take that kind of just like I'm gonna drop right. everything and go do this other thing um, right. I have four yes. I have four young children I have a, a wife who takes care of the children while I'm working she doesn't work outside of the house um, and so like you know a lot of the responsibility for income well 100% of the responsibility for income <laughs> is on me so yeah so I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't take that jump just without you know having planned so all that to say, um, basically this thing was just supposed to be a hobby. It was supposed to be something to literally get me off the computer so that I could just kind of get my brain in a mm-hmm. different place, mainly yeah. so that I could be better for the family. Right. I mean, like I used, you, you code all day, you get your mind in one place. I was working from home too. And so I would walk through one door into the next room and it would go from like code to kids and it's, mm. it's like a hurricane. I mean, it's like, it's really tough. Yeah, yeah. There's no commute there. Um, and so I started this kind of hobby thing to give me an in-between, a way to decompress on the way to family so that I would be better for family. Mm-hmm. And right. that was the idea. And then it just like started taking off and I started, you know, I really enjoyed the videos. I wanted to do more and then people started actually watching them and then it got bigger and then I wanted to do more because people liked them and they were getting something out of them and, and it just literally snowballed and it just took over and it got to the point to where I was doing as much as I could possibly do in 24 hours, you know, it was just like packing wow. in this extra work and I really wanted to do that. And it made the day job seem really in the way. And, uh, mm-hmm. so my wife and I started talking about it and I was like, I, this doesn't seem realistic to me. Like there's, there's no way I should be able to make a living on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, essentially that's not all right, of it, but right. that just seems so, it seems stupid to say even right in this moment. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem realistic. Right. But, you know, we, we talked about it for a long time and, and stuff just continued to grow and eventually got to a place where we were like, well, let's test it. Let's do what we call um, a sprint. So we said, let's take a, a certain period of time. And I always say that the period of time is really important. Um, but you say a set period of time. And in that time, I'm going to sprint on everything. I'm going to go full on at okay. I like to make stuff as if it were my full-time job on top of my full-time right. job. And so part of that discussion right, was right. like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really absent for nine months, you know, because I'm yeah. going to be doing two full-time jobs as a way to test right. test a transition. So yeah. 
Um, mm. And the reason we put a, an end date, I think this is really important, I always tell people this, is that if you're a startup type person and you want to pour yourself into anything, the tendency is to pour yourself into it until it works. And that's not sustainable, I don't think. I, I think mm. you can, if it doesn't work when you want it to, you're just going to keep doing it and you're going to keep pouring in which is going to drain the rest of your life. And so I don't think that's really like a great, especially with a family, I don't think that's a great way to go about it. So Mm -hmm. we said nine months, I'm going to go full in. And at the end of nine months, we're going to reevaluate and see like which one of these two things has to drop off because one of them will have to drop off. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did that. And by the time, like before we got to the end of the nine months, I was like, man, this job's got to (laughs) go. It's just in the way. Uh, it's, you know, it's stopping me from being able to turn this business into what it should be and make as much stuff as I want to make. Right. It was just in the way. So, you know, in that time period, we also, uh, had, had some goals of like saving a certain amount of money. So we wanted to have like six to nine months of full income there. We'd gotten rid of all of our debt before that, which was a huge opportunity. I think that was a big stepping stone into making this, this thing that's like super risky to make it realistic is not having yeah. debt, I think. Um, yeah. Right. So in that time, we you know we prepared things, we built the business, we I worked like crazy. It was totally exhausting, and then the job just had to go, and I've not looked back since. It's just been it's been unreal. Was that a long enough answer for that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was awesome, and I that re- was great. Yeah, that was thorough. I really like that, and I think it gives our listeners a realistic a picture of what it means for for you to have jumped into that adventure when we talk about adventure in the everyday you're kind of looking okay here's my life now and here's what it potentially could be or here's something i'm trying a hobby but ooh, could it be something that excites me and energizes me every day and i think that was a really practical approach that um in my mind shows a much more realistic picture of how to get something kind of off the ground right you do hear of these overnight successes and it's easy to maybe want that or think that that happens to lots of people. But I think it's really uh, interesting to hear how you kind of went on that journey. Um, One thing you talked about there was this idea of, oh, it was working and people were watching and (laughs) more people kept watching. Um, When I think of some of the videos that you make and some of the stuff that I'm seeing on my Facebook feed and this, that and the other, whether it's the one minute food videos of a creative thing of food being built or some crazy contraption that someone is building or the stuff that you're doing. Why do you think people are so obsessed with watching things being made? Cause I think they are, and maybe you don't yeah. agree, but like, wh- like what's the deal with it? Why do people love it so much? Honestly, I think it's, um, this is going to sound like crotchety old man answer. <laughs> so I'm sorry ahead of time. But honestly, I think my generation and the end of the generation before me, um, really got used to things being super disposable. And, you know, like, our toys were plastic. Our toys would break, and they went away. And that was it. And you got another one. Um, the generations before that, when something broke, you figured out how to fix it because there wasn't another one that you could get or there wasn't another store that you could go buy things at. And I, yeah, or you couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 that sounds like an old man answer to say, like, oh, back in my day, but... Honestly, I think that's it, because I think if you're brought up to see things as disposable, you're not really interested in why they are what they are, how they got to be, what's on the inside of them. 
and there's a shift happening now, and I'm not exactly sure why that shift is happening, but I think people are starting to get fed up with like phones that they can't open and they can't do anything. I don't know what's inside this thing, right? It's just like a phone that does a thing. Um, and I think people are starting to get a little fed up with that, and they're more interested when they see something yeah. being opened up and they see how things work, and they're starting going like, I had no idea. And so, like, hmm. honestly, the purpose of all of my videos, the, the whole reason that I'm doing this thing, is to to kind of demystify processes of making stuff. So hmm. I intentionally show, uh, of any project, every single step. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's left out. And I do that so that when somebody watches from beginning to end, when they get to the end, there's no thing in that whole project that they go like, well how did he get from A to Z or how did he get from like J to S or, you know, yes. there's a segment that's missing that I don't understand. Cause when you look at your cell phone, that's, I can talk into one end, sound comes out the other end, but everything in the middle, I don't understand. Right. Right. And yeah. So, or like those cooking TV shows where they do something in a bowl and then they pull out the finished cake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right, that right, doesn't right. help you cook. Right. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, my whole thing is to like, just to show it all. And then that doesn't mean that people are going to be able to do it all. Yeah. But at least they know what it takes to get from A to Z, you know. And hopefully that will encourage them to go like, well, if the thing that he did on that video was not really that complicated in the scheme of things, maybe this thing that I want to do is not that complicated too. And, I'm, you know, be more interested in jumping in and trying that out. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, Bob, where do you kind of land on, like, one of the things that I really like about your videos is, I mean, I, I think you say this, but I'll just say, like, you're not an expert on a lot of the things you do. And I, I, I think that's one yeah. of the things that maybe is why you, you become so successful at this, but you're very satisfying to watch because no, you're not an expert, but you're actually, you're making mistakes along the way and you're explaining why this happened and what you need to do for next time or you're backtracking, fixing something and then continuing. Um, that's kind of not very common. And where, like, where <laughs> along the line did you say like that needed to be a part of your videos? I think that just falls in line with showing everything. You know, right. I mean, f first and foremost, that's the truth, right? I want to be truthful. I want to be truthful in everything I say and do and show. And the truth is, even the most skilled people still have things break. For sure. You know, sometimes you just get a bad piece of wood and it just splits. Mm -hmm. But if you cut that out of a video, then you're taking out a piece of realism that someone else will run into somewhere. Mm. And so I think at first it was just like, well, I made a mistake. And I can't really take it out because I already cut that piece of wood. Right. I can't recut it or, you know, whatever. So I just kind of left it in. And then the more I did that, people would start to leave in the comments, like, I'm so glad to see that somebody who they think is an expert, somebody, you know, when you see somebody on TV or on YouTube, you just have this yeah. particular expectation For of sure. who they are and what their skill level yeah. is. And so when they see somebody that they perceive to be skilled, make a mistake and leave it there and work around it, then they go like, yeah. oh, what? That's Okay. It, it, there was a mistake, but it wasn't the end of the project. Like, he, he worked around it and kept going. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can do that, too. And so I've seen a lot of response to that, both in, like, a humanizing way. Like, they understand that I'm a real person, but it also encourages them to just keep going, to, like, try try to solve whatever problems show up in the middle of a project. So I, I always look at, um, like, a pro a particular project something big you know uh, a bike I'm gonna make a bike so you can't just make a bike you have to make a frame and you have to make wheels right. but you can't just make a frame you have to make the top tube and the bottom tubes 
and you can't just make the tubes. You have to figure out how to weld them. So like one big problem is really just yeah. a thousand small problems in a you know just in succession. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get people into the the mindset, and I think this goes way past making stuff, but I think if you can get people in the mindset of solving small problems over and over and over and over, stuff that you can definitely get through, stuff that's solvable, eventually your big problem is solved. And and I think that's like that's a thing that I try to get people to understand that you don't have to like make a bike. You have to make a bunch of little things and eventually you'll have a bike. Right. Yeah. I I really like that and I think that is such a good kind of life principle and something that yeah, on this podcast is really helpful for our listeners because that's the same thing with an adventure. Your your, your whole life doesn't need to be some massive yeah. adventure or some mm -hmm. massive thing, but are mm -hmm. you adding some little things to find more meaning in your everyday, to make more meaningful connections with people, to do those little things that really add up to a fulfilling and adventurous life at the end of the day? So that's a, that's I think that's a really neat way to look at things. I'm just trying to, I'm thinking of, like I, I work in sales. I'm thinking of so many of my sales problems that every day I wake up and are just daunting. Right, right. I'm like, mm. oh, it really isn't that complicated. I mean, I need to make some calls. You like can break it down and it and it becomes a lot more manageable. So I think that's a really helpful thing, at least for me to hear on this uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> and the way I do that, like even from like a practical standpoint, and I think this works in any job, like sales is a great example. At the beginning of my day, I write down a paper list of the, the main things that I have to do for the day, you know, what projects I'm going to work on, what video I'm going to work on. And then I just do some really kind of high-level bullet points underneath those. Like, I'm going to work on this video, and that means I have to do voiceover. I have to do a little bit of editing. You know, you just, just break it down to the point to where you have some, like, attainable things. You yeah. don't have to, like, be super verbose about every little thing that has to happen. But even just having a little checklist like that at the beginning of the day makes the overall tasks like way easier to get through yeah for sure um what's one thing that or a couple of things that sort of sparks your creativity you've made some wildly creative things and worked with cool technology and uh there's a lot of interesting stuff that i'm sure you didn't really use five years ago for an example so what has kind of what's one of the main things that keeps your creative juices flowing i think the biggest thing is um is just trying to gather skills. Hmm. I I realized this not too long ago, and I actually said it on my podcast this morning for the first time out loud, is that I think in the at the end of the day, when I'm just thinking about building my skill sets, <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, what I really want is to be able to make anything I want at any time. Hmm. And that means not necessarily being a master woodworker or a master metal worker, but knowing how to use those tools enough to accomplish a task. Right. And not only those, but also, you know, like, um, I, I don't know, everything, <laughs> like all of the electronics and the 3D printing and the laser stuff and the, all of it. I just want to be able to say like, today I want to make a bike that shoots lasers and has LEDs and all of these parts are <laughs> right. 3D printed. And I can do that. It's all in Not because garage. I'm great, but... That's right. I've gathered those uh, just enough skill in all of these things to be able to pull off stuff. How, how um, are you doing for space in so your garage? So I think garage, that's the thing the that gets me really. Do it. How are you doing for space in your garage as you accumulate all these tools? <laughs> um, my shop is twelve by twenty. Okay. So it's a, a little bit smaller than a single car garage, and I have 
maybe 20 square feet of open floor space okay. in there. So it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there's, there's very, very little room. But, and it's to the rafters. Yeah, yeah. you spent some certain, some good time getting everything organized and, and uh, as you yeah. obviously need to. Um, if you look down, like you can kind of foresee a little bit into the future of, of, of your business and, and, and your, your maker videos, um, w- can you kind of, do you have any idea like, I, I like so much that you're doing this in your garage because lots of people have garages and you're using tools that lots mm-hmm. of people have access to. Um, I, I feel like maybe like a next step for you would be moving into like a 10,000 square foot warehouse, but that would kind of lose, yeah. I guess, maybe a bit of the appeal, right? I mean, a bit of your, your audience perhaps. Possibly, and that's a big consideration because we're at a point, um, just my family, where we have to we have to move. Right. There's no, there's no way we can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need a bigger shop. Yeah. Just because the business is growing, I need to be able to do more for work, sure. bigger projects. That's a necessity. But also just our our home. We have four kids. We have three boys in one bedroom, and they're young boys, so that's fine now. But that's not going to last forever, right? right. Three teenage boys right. in a bedroom, not going to work. <laughs> so it's inevitable that we are going to have to move. Um, <clears throat> and that's a big consideration. Like, do I want to? expand this thing out to have a giant shop, you know, to bring on a staff to help me produce this stuff. Right. Um, or do I want to like stay a relatively one man show, not entirely a one man show, but you know, to stay relatively small in a small ish space for accessibility. And when it comes down to it, I think, I hope that people are not necessarily drawn to Hey, he has the same jigsaw that I have. I hope they're drawn to, He's just a dude who has kids and he likes to make stuff. And yeah. whether that's, you know, in a parking lot or in a garage or in a 10,000 square foot warehouse, maybe someday. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, they'll be drawn to what I'm trying to, like, get across in the projects rather than what I'm surrounded by. You never know. Yes. But it's definitely something I've thought Yeah, about. for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you, yeah, you it doesn't take very long to think of how you could really blow this thing up and have like yeah. a TV show and a full on studio and like make 40 minute episodes and like all kinds of crazy. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure your episodes are decently long as you go through the whole process anyways, but like to do all kinds of crazy stuff with, uh, with yeah. production and whatnot. Um, one thing I'm interested in, if you can think back to the stuff that you've done over the past couple of years, what's, What's one of your favorite moments or favorite builds or just something that really stands out as a, oh, this was a super cool thing that happened? Maybe something that's a little lesser known to uh, to folks oh. out there. Hmm. I don't know about lesser known stuff. I'm pretty I'm pretty open about pretty, pretty transparent <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't be on YouTube and not be pretty transparent. Um, well, there's two projects that I particularly um, am drawn to. Well, three. Three. <clears throat> so the first one is the secret door I was talking about earlier, and I think it's still my favorite one. Simply, I mean, it's a cool old, you know, like Scooby Doo type thing that you would think is cool. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm really, I really am happy with it is because a friend of mine always wanted that since he was a kid. He always wanted a secret door, and they were renovating their attic, and his wife was pregnant with their first child, and so he was like, "Can you?" can you please build this secret door and it'll go to a playroom and our son will be born and we won't tell him about it. And then when he's like four or five years old, we'll accidentally let him find it. You know, so we're cool. going like to fully deck it out on the inside. That awesome. is amazing. 
and I was like, yes, I am all in on that. Let's do that. So, um, yeah, we did that. And the, the boy is like a year and a half now. So he's still got a while to go. He hasn't found it right, yet. Right. We're working on it, you know, and that's just so cool. Oh, that's so um, fun. That is very cool. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite one for that reason. Uh, the full-size arcade machine, I think, just fulfilled like a childhood thing in me because, you know, I, I grew up going to the arcades when they were around and um, being able to to start with nothing, some plywood, and make a full-size cabinet that's in our living room that our kids play with and it's like a fully functional, like, legit arcade and that was just so gratifying to like finish it, put it in place. And I'm like, look at this thing. <laughs> like, this thing's awesome. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I like a lot of the things that I make when they're done, but yeah. that one was like, I stood back and was like, wow. That, that's, <laughs> that's a cool crazy. one because that of course takes so many different um, skills that you've acquired along the way with, I mean, j- just all kinds yeah. of different techniques. And that's a really great example of, of the stuff you're doing. If you can kind of, pile all of your um, little boxes into one, I feel like that's pretty darn close as the arcade machine. Yeah, I would think so. And one of the really awesome things about projects like that is, you know, like that one's a lot of people don't have room for a secret door. They don't have a place to put like a, a cabinet, right. right? That's, you know, that doesn't happen too often. A lot of people want to have an arcade cabinet or like a bar top arcade. Mm-hmm. And so I sell plans for them and I kind of didn't really expect people to really make it, but right. within a couple of months, I started seeing pictures. People were sending me pictures of like, look, me and my son built this arcade cabinet. So cool. And I'm like, wow. what? And it's exactly the same one that I did with their own graphics, right. and it's in their own house. And and I've seen, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 completed wow. cabinets based on mine, and that is so cool. And, you know, the majority of them were like families built them together or like father and son or and that's even better. That's super cool. Yeah, I love that. There's, you know, a friend of mine who built a wooden boat with his dad, and I always just thought that was the coolest project yeah. to do and such a neat thing to do together. Um, th- one thing I was going to ask is um, there's, and you kind of answered it a little bit there, is, is it seems to me that there's so many people out there who are watching and so few people out there who are doing so my question is a little bit around how can you really encourage people to um, be more doers than um, watchers? But clearly you've got some great techniques to start doing that with um, with these plans that you that you uh, provide for them. Are there any other ways that you help inspire people to really actually start to do something? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it works like for the plans. It makes sense when they want to have that particular thing that I make, and and that's a that's a really small subset of the people that actually watch. I mean, that video has like seven or eight million views, you know. And if I've right. seen thirty or forty cabinets, that's a pretty small percentage. So I think sure. I think the more uh, useful thing and the thing that I I try to do is just to encourage people to try to make something that they want to have. Yeah. So it's not like I don't put out videos so that people make the exact same thing that I'm making. Right. It's more that they see it's possible. Huh. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I try to make these things purpose built, which means they're for me or for someone I know with the intention of like, hey, you should find stuff that's make purpose built stuff for yourself, stuff that you, will make your home better, will make your life better. And I think that kind of transcends the project and kind of transcends the skill sets if you just get people into the mindset that like if i want a thing i can figure out a way to make it 
probably, you know. So I don't I don't know if there's like a technique to that or anything, but I think that's just a focus for me. I think just kind of along with that, with people making something for themselves, like that's kind of where you have to start if you're trying something out for the first time, if you're trying a new project or a new technique, like you can't really, like it has to be for yourself. Like it's probably not going to be that great and, and doing it for yourself, you'll be able to learn so much along the way. And uh, I don't know, maybe having something that's not perfect sitting on your shelf will drive you crazy and make you want to go back and, and <laughs> redo it and, and hone your skill a bit better. Yeah, and I think there's the investment is a big thing of it. Like, if you're going to put 10 hours into making a piece of furniture and it doesn't have a place to go, you don't know what it's for, how motivated, how invested are you into making right. it good? But if you yeah, know that, point, like, yeah. that corner in that room is going to need, that needs a table, and I'm putting it there and it has to fit there, I know exactly how big it needs to be. I know what purpose it has to serve. And that's huge, you know? You have a totally different investment in that. Hmm. Um, if you were to offer up a couple other practical tips for people to either start to make things that provide purpose for their life or start something that's a little bit more adventurous what are some other things that you would you would share with them some things that you probably already talk about in your videos oh man that's a tough one um (laughs) i mean i encourage people to to go around their house as a way to start and you could say go around your life i mean you can think of it however you want to and find some pain points, find some things that are not like you want them to be. And if that means like, I'm, I'm heavier than I want to be. Okay, well, then that's a pain point. That's a thing that you can actionably work against. Hmm. If that means, you know, I need a table in that corner, that's a thing you can actionably work against. So I think it's really easy to walk around your life and like, look for stuff that you're not happy with, or things that that need help, and use those as your your things that you're going to attack in some way. And then after that, it, the specifics depend on what that thing is, right? You got to figure out if it's, if that means I need to do exercise, if that means I need to learn how to do woodworking just enough to be able to make a table. Um, but identifying the stuff that yeah. you care about is I think the first step in, in, in improving anything, I guess. Um, that's what was great. the other half of the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was pretty much it. I think that's a really yeah, that's great. a really good thing, right? People identifying areas they want to change in their life, and and that's really good. Uh, why I, don't you tell I, us a little bit about your? Oh, Calv, go ahead. I I had one more zinger for Bob, and just kind of going along <laughs> with with um like the uh, the theme of your of your builds um, for someone that watches that and really admires it and wants to try and do something along the same lines. What would you recommend for them, like a first tool investment? Oh, um, I also have a, a super vague answer for that. Um, <laughs> so I actually wrote an article about this on my site because people ask that a lot. Like, sure, yeah, they don't yeah. have any tools, and you know, they're yeah. just like, "Which five tools should I buy?" or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's like entirely the wrong way to go about it. Um, okay, but I think it goes back to like what I just said. You got to identify the problem. Terrible question, Calvin. You <laughs> idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> that's like it's a super common question. That's what I mean. But right. I think. It's one of those where you like you can ask the wrong question trying to get the right answer. Yes. Um, so I think it goes back to trying to figure out what the need is, and then you get what you, what the tools you need to to solve that problem. And so like right. if you go and you you go to Home Depot and you're like I got it or whatever store, um, I'm gonna buy some woodworking tools. You think of the most common things and you buy like well everybody has a jigsaw and everybody has a drill and everybody has a you know clamp or whatever. And then you go home and you need to cut a, a sheet of plywood. You don't have the things that you need to sh- cut a sheet of plywood. Right. You can't make a table well, anyway. Um, 
But if you look at the thing and you say, I need a table, what tools do I need to make a table? Well, I have to cut plywood, so I need a circular saw or a table saw. So I don't think there's like a right answer for basic tools. I think mm-hmm. you should find a project, get what you need to solve that project, and then move on to the next project. And you're probably going to need different tools for the next project, so you're going to get what you mm-hmm. need for that one. And after a year or so, you got a whole bunch of tools and a bunch of finished projects. You know, And I, I think that's I love the better that. way to go about it. And and your I love how that's is full and you're you forcing <laughs> you're forcing yeah. people to start out with creativity as opposed to just buying generic stuff like that you yeah. exactly that you can just go and get at home do but you're forcing people to you have to create or find a problem or a project and then go from there. Yeah, yeah, and I also think it's really important to point out when people are starting to get tools when you know you think, well, I'm going to start doing this thing. I got to go buy some new tools, and that's not entirely true. Like, there's tons of ways to have access to tools without buying them or buying them brand new. Um, going around to garage sales and getting used tools that may work for a month is a great mm-hmm. way to get started because they're not going to cost you anything. And if they don't last forever, that's okay because by the time that you need to replace them, you'll have more skill. You'll have a better idea of, like, what kind of tool you actually want to have, yeah. not just, like, whatever's on sale at Home Depot. Um, and so... You know, you can do that. You can go to pawn shops. Like, people totally forget that when construction workers lose their jobs, they have a bunch of tools they have to unload to survive, and they unload them at pawn shops. And so that's a great way to get stuff that's totally beat up and job site used, Mm -hmm. but you can get it pretty cheap. Um, I do always forget that construction workers lose their jobs and get rid of their stuff at pawn shops. I forget that all the time. <laughs> I know. It's a pretty yeah, pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, right? I mean, whether it's Kijiji or Craigslist, uh, for us anyway, we live in such a densely populated part of our country that there's everything on there that you yeah. can get used. Yeah, that's another great way. I mean, personally, where I live, the Craigslist is worthless. Like, I can't get anything. <laughs> but a lot of other people have had really good success, you know, mm-hmm, getting sure. basic tools. Another thing, like one time we were at um, a Maker Faire and this kid, like, I don't know, 11 or 12 year olds got up to the mic and said, where can I get tools? Like, I don't have any money. Where do I get tools? Hmm. And my podcast mate, Jimmy Duresta, said, like, you know, ask your parents if you can go talk to their friends, other adults, and go ask them if they have any tools in their garage that they're not using. And he was like, you know, you'll be surprised how many people just have a drill in the garage because they should have one. But they don't yeah. use right. it, and they don't care right. if you borrow it, you know. So I think it's really smart to, especially if you're a kid, but just go around and ask people, like, do you have something I can use for a week or whatever? And you'd be surprised you how much you can find. Instantly be swimming in socket sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may have a whole bunch of the same sets. tool. <laughs> Incomplete socket sets, that is. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so you, you've mentioned your podcast a couple of times. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, A, what it's about, and B, uh, quickly, like, what got you started in the world of podcasting? You're clearly oh, dying yeah, sure. to talk about it. <laughs> you've been dropping it all evening. I, I know. <laughs> you know that podcast I'm on, you know. That. Yeah, um, so that... yeah it's, it's called Making It, and um, it's me and a guy named Jimmy DiResta and a guy named David Pachuda, and we're all three makers of different types. We're all, two, all three YouTubers. Yep. And um, we, I don't know, we just kind of got together. Somebody mentioned on Facebook, like, hey, you guys should do a podcast together. And we were all like, haha, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> and we were like, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do it if you'll do it. I'll this do it if you'll do it. sounds cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So, so we, uh, we got together and tried it one day and didn't tell anybody we were going to do it. So if it was awful, we just wouldn't release it. And mm-hmm. 
it wasn't entirely awful, so we put it out, and we just recorded episode 111 this morning, so we've been doing it no for way. quite a while. Yeah. That's awesome. And wow. it's um, it's just about, like, making stuff. It's not really about, like, the technical woodworking. It's not about, you know, like, talking about skills. Um, it's more about coming up with ideas for design and where you get your influences from. So I think it kind of crosses a lot of different types of uh, people. I think it works for people that do woodworking and metalworking and, like, you know, own small businesses and I, it, hopefully it touches a lot of different things. But oh, well, really and do cool. you have a, a second podcast as well? So I, for a while, was doing a show called Brain Pick, and that was me hosting. Um, people ask on a regular basis, like a weekly basis, for that show to come back. It's been a long time. Uh, okay, yeah, will... I just found it on your site, so I'm, I'm yeah. just looking at it here. It probably will come back, and basically that's a way for me just to kind of get inside the minds of some people who make cool stuff and try to figure out why they are who they are so uh yes I, i'm oh, now cool. i'm now looking at the dates i was just scrolling before we got on the line here i saw you had an interview with um with jack from pump Moose. i thought that was so awesome oh yeah yep and i imagine his patreon story is a little bit different two years out <laughs> yeah yeah it is a little bit different but that anyway, was actually quite a while ago. So. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I was like listening. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I just looked, oh, 2015. That's a while back. But, uh, anyways, no, that's that's really cool. And what's been your kind of favorite part about podcasting? We we love it as a medium. But what's been what's what's been keeping you coming back? 111 podcasts. That's a lot of them. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, honestly, I think it's it's actually getting to hang out with those guys. They're people that I really respect. I respect their work. I respect their ethic, you know, their work ethic yeah. and their accomplishments. And we're very, very different people in a lot of different ways. And we have different interests and skill sets, but they all kind of point to the same thing. And so hmm. being able to sit down and talk to those people, um, you know, on a regular basis is, I don't know, it's energizing. It's different than... You know, because I have a close friend, closer friends here locally that I don't necessarily have the same things in common with. And I can talk to them about certain things. But on the podcast, we are focused on talking about making stuff and about, like, how yeah. we got to that. And that's, that's yes. pretty energizing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Um, Bob, I mean, your website is iliketomakestuff.com. Is there anywhere else we should be uh, directing our listeners to find uh, everything you're doing? Everything ends up there. Um, okay. The pod, the podcast is you know on all the, uh, all the podcast places. Um, so yeah, everything ends up on the site, or you know all the videos are on YouTube. Okay, great. We'll we'll put in uh, links to that in our show notes, and hopefully uh, get some people checking out your stuff. Get some people inspired just to start uh, making awesome. projects and and uh, nice. yeah, safely that is. <laughs> well, that's, that's I, up uh, to them. I am. <laughs> My wife and I were closing on our first house at the end of the month, and I have this wonderful garage, and it would it would make you probably feel a little bit jealous because it's a two car, <laughs> oh. and so and I have all this great space, but now I'm like pretty inspired to actually uh, start to make 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 good use of it. So nice. thanks for that. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking time away from your uh, from your four kids and wife. Uh, we we do really appreciate. Yeah, you we really the time appreciate for it. us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a good time. Thanks, Bob. Okay, Cal, thanks for getting Bob, man. That was all you. Bob, yeah, that was all me, yeah. Um, yeah, he was just 
it's just great talking to someone who um so knowledgeable and he's so a lot of the things he's done he, he's put a lot of thought into and um I mean, he's for sure well-spoken and was able to tackle a lot of um, kind of the bigger issues we had uh, brought to the table, which was a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, I, I was yeah. after we did I'm that excited it, to continue. I think he's going to change, um, you know, as we go forward now, we we're probably going to you know watch more and more of his videos. It's going to maybe change a little bit the way we watch him. Yeah, I'd say. I think um, another funny thing that I was thinking about after that interview is how big of a a d-bag i must have sounded like when i was like hey i just got a new house and it's got a two-car garage and like <laughs> very d-baggy i was like man i was thinking about that later i was like that was such a dumb thing to say <laughs> and i'm totally gonna leave it in there such a but, dumb thing to just throw in somebody's uh, face but here here's why i said that it was it was out of yep. a place where you know we're in the moment we're just podcasting we're just talking but mm -hmm. i am so excited to now use the space that I have in a in yes. a really productive way, and I was actually just really yeah. excited about it. It it came from this place where I was like, he's got so little, and he's able to do so much with it. And so mm -hmm. I am just very mm -hmm. excited to adopt that principle. What's something you need to make? Get the tools and build it. Figure it out. I I love that um that little philosophy that he um shared with us. Just about it's not about having a little set of tools. You need to figure out a problem or figure out something that you want to build and then get the tools that you need for that job. And that is, uh, I just think that works great on so many different levels and it makes so much sense. Yeah, and I'm actually going to do that thing that uh, that he told his friend's kid to do or whatever that story was where you need some tools. Like lots of people you know got tools. Go and ask them for them. Oh, yeah, that's the crazy thing. My dad has a ton of tools that just sit in this one sure. barn. Um, yeah. I need to stock basically an entire house, so I need yard tools and all of that stuff. So I'm yes. going to go around to you know certain family members and uh, and pilfer some stuff off them. Hold on, Jer. Someone's just ringing my doorbell here. Oh my gosh! Go get it. Bring them on the podcast. <laughs> Be right back. Hi, bad Jer. Someone just at our door, and I'm home alone. So hey, well, hey, welcome back. I cannot quite get through a full episode yet. <laughs> This is a new staple to have a fun interruption. Uh, <laughs> do you do you uh, think it's because you're a father now? Uh, yeah, it's definitely because I'm a, I'm a father. Because yes. people are here yeah. to see not me, but mini me. How does that feel? People don't care about you. No, they don't care. You were saying you're spending this whole weekend at home, and everyone's coming up to visit you, but they're not there for you, and they they never have been. No, and I know that, which is fine. But I mean, they bring gifts and food and hugs and chat so I'm, I'm happy to be uh i'm happy to be a part of it is there any I'm way just happy to i'm invited <laughs> is there any way to fake having a baby to get all that stuff because that sounded real good it is real good um no but i mean you could fake a big injury or something and get <laughs> and get like kind of like 70 percent of it plus employment insurance <laughs> <laughs> just make sure the injury happens at work just yeah fake an injury collect ei get everyone to make you food so no, that's, where, that's where a were terrible we? adventure uh, we were just sort of talking about some projects that we, well, the fact that we're a little bit inspired after yes. listening to Bob. And I know. We, 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 I loved it because he was such a, just a genuine guy. I mean, the guy has videos with just millions and millions of views. Mm -hmm. And he's just a he's dude. He's slaughtering he's on YouTube. Crushing. Yeah. So, um, so um, you were thinking, we were going to discuss a little bit your garage issues, which is you have this ginormous space and you don't have any <laughs> hobbies to fill it with. Right. So I'm thinking, like, I think you should do the whole uh, model train thing. 
Oh, build a mini village in there. Yeah, modeling. Yeah, you'd be into that's that. A, that's a genius idea. Thank you. Um, Thought it was pretty genius. Model trains. Just spend hours, countless hours on this model train set. Milli- yeah. hundreds of th- not millions, hundreds and thousands of dollars. And then it's like this thing that can never move or go anywhere. It just <laughs> lives. Okay, <laughs> but you did have a good idea it for exists. a legitimate first project. Yes, I did. I wanted, I want to build this summer a uh, smoker for uh, food, like a smoker for smoking mm. meat. And um, is this the same idea as the green egg that has become so popular? Well, I mean, the green egg is a smoker. Um, I don't but know. But it's also a barbecue, right? I wish I knew. My dad is insanely knowledgeable when it comes to barbecuing and smoking meats. And so he would be the guy to talk to and walk us through this process. Um, But I believe what I'm more leaning toward is cold smoking, which is having a longer uh, draw time for the smoke. Um, Right. But I wanted to build a smoker, a wood one for outside, out of an old uh, wine barrel. Hmm. And uh, I think this would be a great project for you to do for your new house, A, um, kind of a fun project incorporating multiple different um, like wood and metal and yeah. some fire. And then it's this awesome thing you can have at your house because you're a big party guy. And how wicked would that be? You know, smoking up some sausages or some We're going to have there. lots of parties. We're going to have lots so. of parties. And yeah. it would be the right idea. The other thing I was thinking that you were talking about uh, or that this sorry, sorry, sparked in my mind was a food dehydrator to do jerky. Uh, I it doesn't sound like anything I would have said. Well, no, like you, you're talking about smoking meat, and yeah. this reminded me that a friend of mine had oh. a homemade food dehydrator. Okay, sounds and interesting. It was this, this big wooden box, and then yeah. it has these racks that slide in, and I'm not entirely sure how it worked, but Jamie Granis, I don't know if you know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know him. Know his him. Uh, his dad has a an Unreal uh, dehydrator in his basement, and we made a ton of jerky and dried fruit for one of our open road trips in it, cool. and it was so good. That would be really good. So maybe I want to make a food dehydrator before I make a smoker, or maybe I'll just make both and just have make all the party things. Cool, man. Well, there's lots of opportunities for your two-car garage, and who knows? <laughs> it sounds like this summer you're going to have a ton of time on your hands to tinker away on things <laughs> like this. I don't have kids. I don't have people bugging me at all hour of the day. I have time to tinker. <laughs> I'm pretty amazed at actually the amount of time that I have had to tinker with this kid. Well, to I'm be honest, I was... I was a little bit surprised, too. I mean, in some ways, we've breathed a little bit of not necessarily new life, but we have some new energy about the podcast. And Calvin's been talking to me. He's like, Jared, like, I want to write a weekly email and we want to start firing things up a little bit and Mm -hmm. and, like legitimizing ourselves a little bit more. And I want to do those things, too. And I'm so glad that even in these first couple of weeks, and I know it could change and we're, you know, we make room for all for life. But I was happy that you've been into it. And that yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you what it is, Jared. I'm sometimes I'm just kind of stuck with, with the baby and I have to just kind of rock him and I'll sit on the ball or something and then I'll just go on the computer or on my phone and just do podcast work. So it's, it's awesome. And it's like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, but it's just, it works out well doing a little bit each time. Yeah. So Calvin and I are going to try to think of some new ways to bring exciting and fresh and maybe even start to do some exclusive content to, um, you know, do a little bit more with this podcast thing because if we're going to spend the time every week, we may as well do it well. I think so. We're we're into doing things well, so yeah, we're getting somewhere. We're, like before, we used to put up some put up some Amazon links to help you with a product that can help you find more adventure, and we can incorporate those into the weekly emails a little bit easier than for sure. making this blog post on our website. No one goes to a website, but they do potentially read the show description if we ask them to. If we ask them to, ask and you shall receive. So actually in the show description, definitely take a look because there's all the different ways that you can connect with Bob. They'll be right in there. 
Yes, and please do. I mean, you have to check out some of his videos. Like, even if you're not into making things at all, like, they're so entertaining. Like, I think you were talking about it, Jer, like, even watching food things. Like, what is our infatuation with watching food? I don't know, but I love it. Um, What's what's that <laughs> show you like on Netflix, uh, Chef's Table? Chef's Table. It's so fascinating, and just getting yep. an inside look at how things are created from the ground up and pulled of the earth. Um, and it's it's someone's mind being expressed, right? Yes. That's what is so cool. It is creativity and human effort turning into something. And like Bob said, it's connecting us with our the things that we consume and showing us to live in a less disposable world, which I think are all good things. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm inspired to have some more adventures and... Uh, but anyways, I, I don't know. That's that's probably enough for this episode. We're kind of just rambling now. We're kind of rambling. I mean, yeah. Just great to have Bob on. Please go <laughs> check out his stuff. It's so great. Yeah. You we're jazzed. Instantly we're, get inspired. <laughs> we're jazzed. We hope you're jazzed. And we hope that the things that we talked about and that this show and following us on Instagram and all of that stuff just adds that little bit of extra adventure to your everyday. A little taste. <laughs>